holidays everyone I wanted to take a moment to um, take a moment from my break <laughs> to rebroadcast this episode and to give you some understanding why I want to rebroadcast this episode as we saw through 2019 there's a lot of work we need to do in the tech space there are many people who are um, engaging on Twitter social media and in their you know lives at work um, and they don't have a strategy and you under know that one of the Guiding principles of hashtag cause the scene is intention without strategy is chaos. And where there's chaos, there's unintended um, impact, um, harm to those most vulnerable. It always happens. It all, the shit always flows downhill. So we want to learn to engage in ways that minimize harm um, of the most vulnerable. Because again, attention without strategy is chaos and will harm the most vulnerable. And so I want to wanted to re-air this episode because it is very important. It is very important for you to understand how we engage in the hashtag causing community, how we intend to create a create environments in our communities, organizations, and events that are welcoming to all and that uh, minimize harm. And I need you to learn and internalize how to engage so that we're not burning out, so that we're not causing harm, so that we're not being distracted, so that, um, so that we are on mission um, to move forward in this space. So um, with this, there's some show notes um, that are, I don't know if you're watching it uh, or getting this from your RSS feed or wherever, but go to the the page, the this podcast page to see the show notes. I've added some additional um, podcast episodes or some guests from the Wednesday show that will help fill in some of the blanks, give you some things to think about, some conversation to have, some some things to contemplate. I really want us to come into 2020 with renewed um I don't want to say urgency because it's this is this there's an urgency to it, but it has to take time. It has to be methodical. It has to be planned. It has to be strategic. It has to be strategic. And this is what I really want you to understand. It has to be strategic. And there are some things that we're going to move forward with in 2020. And I need you to be ready. I need you to be ready to 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 step up, to do the work, to get the work done, to be uncomfortable, to challenge yourselves, to challenge the people around you. Um, in all kinds of ways so that we are creating a better today. I'm not even going to say tomorrow than we had yesterday. So please enjoy this. I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but eh, whatever. Enjoy this podcast again. Listen to it again. Understand it again. Keep listening to it. I will be coming back to this. This is going to be like the pivotal go-to Hashtag cause a scene episode when I'm talking about how to engage, how we're going to change this space, how are we going to um, uphold the guiding principles of um, tech is not neutral, intention without strategy is chaos, lack of inclusion is a risk management um, per, um, issue, and how do we prioritize the most vulnerable. This is how we move this space. Um, so I need you to get on board um, and be ready to, you know, enact the strategies. Also, I want to um, make sure you understand that the next book we are will be reading is The History of White People by Neil Painter. 
So we only have a few more episodes of how to be an anti-racist. So please go out and get your copy of The History of White People. And that will be the next book club selection we will be diving into. So thank you and enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Today's um, How to Be an Anti-Racist podcast episode is going to be a little different than what we've been doing for the last seven weeks. This is going to be um, a more of a strategy based on um, a lot of the things that happened particularly on Twitter this past week. Um, I won't be going into details about that. There's enough content online if you want to know details because the, um, the details are not important. The people involved are not important. This is a bigger story. This is about the system. And this is why um, I want to talk about this because what I'm realizing is although we're reading a book on how to be, I mean, literally entitled How to Be an Anti-Racist, I have yet to come across a strategy and I know we're just um, next week we'll do chapter eight. Um, Maybe it's at the end, but I see that I have to um, step in now to create a strategy because, you know, one of the guiding principles is intention without strategy is chaos. So we're going to start with today's episode of how to be an anti-racist, a strategy. And so I'm going to read from page four nine because we're going going back this is a debrief so we're going back to where we at the beginning and um really i want to really drive home some things and then i'll get into the content that i um that i um um will be talking about today so um on page nine um we have the paragraph says What's the problem with being not racist? It is a claim that signifies neutrality. I am not racist, but neither am I aggressively against racism. But there is no neutrality in the racism struggle. The opposite of racist is not not racist. It is anti-racist. What's the difference? One endorses either the ideas of racial hierarchy as a racist or racial equality as an anti-racist. Racist. One either believes problems are rooted in, peop- in groups of people as a racist, or locates the roots of problems in power and policies as an anti-racist. One either allows racial indis- inequalities to persevere as a racist, or confronts racial inequalities as an anti-racist. There is no in-between safe space of not racist. The claim of not racist neutrality is a mark of racism. So that's where we're going to start today because that's basically what we saw this week. That's basically the, um, the rallying cry of the individuals who were um, involved in this um, exchange um, as we challenge their ideas. So even here, I want you to, if you, if you feel that you need to, because you don't, some people still don't see how the systems of race um, and white supremacy are, are the root of every, of all of these things that we're dealing with. If you need to replace the, 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 <clears throat> the term racist at this moment with oppression, I have no problem with that. If you need to um, replace the word ra- racist or anti-racist with minimizing harm, 
I have no problem with that because they all are strategies or perspectives or lenses or ways of acting, moving, and relating to people that challenge and actively work to oppose and dismantle the systems of white supremacy. So I'm giving you that permission to replace, again, if you have a, if you're still struggling in your white mind that racism is the root of all this, you, you have my permission to replace the word racism with oppression um, and, or with minimizing harm or harm. Um, and what we're doing anti-racism is challenging oppression and minimizing harm. Okay. So with that said, I'm going to write you, um, t- go through a few notes that I have, and then I'm going to get into the actual strategy. So hashtag cause a scene um, is operating from a perspective of there is no such thing as not racist. There is only a racist and an anti-racist. So as I say to you white folks who follow me, um, all whiteness is racist by design and which means it cannot be trusted by the fault. Many get offended by that and I understand. So I want to bring in, and if you look at my pinned tweet, you will see that it's not just white people who are impacted negatively by white supremacy. So white people are racist by design because racism, to be racist, you have to not only have race prejudice, and we're, as we're reading the various chapters in this book, we're seeing the various ways of how race prejudice um, exists. It's not this monolith, it's not Ku Klux Klan, it's not just white nationals, it's not just Nazis. It's all these little ways that white supremacy has taught us all to see whiteness as the default good hero or victim and everything else, particularly blackness, as villain. So when I say whiteness is racist by default, I also say people of color, um, and this is um, many immigrants, their, they, th- how white supremacy shows up in their community is the model minority myth, which is they have been taught to believe that um, to that assimilation is the thing. So we talked about this before, being a segregationist, being a similist, and being an anti-racist. And let me, I actually want to read those definitions now. So um, if you go to, that's on page um, chapter two, the beginning, right at the, where, right at the beginning on page 24, when we talk about when he has the definitions. So a similist is one who is expressing the racist idea that a racial group or cultural is culturally or behaviorally inferior and is supporting cultural or behavioral enrichment programs to develop that racial group. So that's those individuals like um, if you assimilate, if you act, if you act white enough, you'll be okay because who you are right now is not okay. But if you act white enough, if you um, stick to the status quo enough, then you will overcome the default of who you are. So that is very much where the modern minority myth is, where you see a lot of Asians, where you see Africans, where you see um, a lot of people who immigrated or or just um, people who um, 
That's one way. And then you see that in the black community and as an assimilation, when I talk about blacks have a... um, have to deal with our own internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness. So it shows up as assimilation in our own communities where we call out shame, um, rebuke, anything that we have been taught that is not middle-class values that brings, because now we're a whole race. So whatever you do, whatever you wear, whatever you look like, however you behave, it is a reflection on me. Whiteness doesn't have that. Whiteness, um, there could be a a white individual doing the most obnoxious, harmful, destructive thing. And whiteness can say that is that individual. That is not me. Blackness does not get to do that. Blackness, if that individual is doing that, it becomes we have been taught to look at it as they are representing us all. So going back to these definitions, a segregationist, one who is expressing the racist idea that a permanent inferior racial group can never be developed and is supporting the policy that segregates away um, that that segregates away that racial group. And then an anti-racist, one who is expressing the idea that racial groups are equal and no one needs developing and is supporting policies that reduce racial equality. So I want to give you um, um, some examples. So I'm going to finish my little notes right here. And then I want to give you some examples of how assimilist, segregationist, and anti-racist, which we don't see much, shows up in tech. So an anti-racist strategy is not about equality. As Dr. Kendi said, it's about actively discriminating against the interests of, of the privilege in favor of prioritizing the most vulnerable. Um, when I think about this, I really need to um, think deeply about because I have a shirt that says um, diversity is not a zero sum game. In game theory, in economic theory, a zero-sum game is a mathematical representation of a situation in which each participant's gain or loss of utility is actually balanced by the losses and gains of the utility of others. So when I look at that definition, diversity is not a zero-sum game. Inclusion is not a zero-sum game. So because even when we when we're actively discriminating against those with privilege, they never lose their privilege. So it's never a, an equality game. It's never equality. So that's the things that, that's the next um, thing. I t- that's the thing I talk about. It's not about equality because you can't, there's, I don't see in my lifetime that we ever going to up in white supremacy so that whiteness is not the default. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening for, some time to come. But what I do see happening is making space for, um, for other, for things that are are not whiteness to also be accepted. So it might not be the default, but it won't be seen with disdain and distrust and, and, and a red light, uh, a green light to harm. So, um, It is not a zero-sum game because when I take away, when I actively discriminate against whiteness in tech, whiteness is still the dominant power. It's just saying some individuals need to go or some spaces need to be created. So it's, it's it's opening up 
and then closing down some different things. So that's another um, point that I want to make. Um, the next one is, um, I'm not here to rehabilitate or to change anyone's mind. I want them gone because they're taking up space and resources. So let me make this clear to individuals. You are, and this is why I want to really have some have conversations about what assimilist and segregationists look like in the tech space. Because I watch you engage and many of you are wasting your time because there are people with segregationist ideas and perspectives and you are trying to give them resources. You are doing your, down, your hardest and you're getting frustrated and they keep saying, oh, I need more, I need more because they fundamentally do not believe this stuff. It is not your time and you make more work for people who are doing this work like myself for if you aren't able to discern the difference between these individual behaviors because it's about consistent individual behavior. It is, um, it is not about um, benefit of the doubt. It's not about any of that. It is about what are they consistently showing you. And what we saw this week with all of you running to provide resources and whatnot, if given enough time, people started researching, these individuals had a history of saying these kind of things and people um, taking them the task or people trying to educate them and they have not changed. They are segregationist. They're not trying to change. They are a distraction. Um, and so what I hope to do with this, with the strategy um, is, is for you to be able to start thinking strategically about how to engage. You can't just be out here just jumping in threads, not researching beforehand what has been said. Um, because when you come in, you might step on something, a point or uh, silence somebody from a marginalized community who's already made that point, but because you as a white person are making it, the individual like, oh, thank you, you, because you're white and, they, and you brought it to them in a form that they, it made them comfortable. Um, also, there are a lot of ways that you just um, give a platform and, and, and help, not the word promote, help maintain the status quo and um, ingrain the segregationist beliefs that are in the text-based. So the next point I really want to make, um, this is really important, is some individuals were talking about they were coming to protect their friends or they didn't want to, um, they didn't see a need to distance themselves in, as, a, as a business partner from individuals because of this personal thing that they did. And I wanted to say this, Friends, who, um, these individuals have friends who are one to two degrees away from individuals who actively, intentionally, and strategically cause harm, which make you unsafe to the most vulnerable. So let me, I'm not going to repeat, I'm going to say this again. Your refusal to distance yourself, to call out those friends that you have, that have that are, have either actively their own individual behaviors, that's one degree, so you're the, you're the person, you have a one degree friend who actively um, is demonstrating harmful behavior, and or you're the person, you have a friend whose friend 
they're defending but has that um, tendency and, and actively, intentionally, and strategically causes harms. So there's one or two degrees away from you as an individual. I cannot trust you. I do not want you around me because you, proximity to you makes me pro, gives me proximity to them and they have shown to be um to have the potential and actively do intentionally harm individuals in marginalized communities which includes me so i really need you to think about this i was talking to a friend yesterday we went to lunch and i was talking about this very thing and i told her and she understood if I found, because we were talking about pronouns and, um, and, and, and gender neutrality and um, or gender fluidity, because again, I am learning this stuff at warp speed because there's so many individuals in this space that I can learn from, but, you're, but my friends aren't in this space. So they're learning this stuff as they hear it on, on the news or there's somebody's, and they don't, they're not getting the context. So they're getting, they're really not getting it. And sometimes they say some very harmful, ignorant shit. And it becomes a, a incumbent upon me to check their ass to, and educate. But if I really, not but, period. And if I realize that they are hard and fast and they want to continue the status quo that excludes people um, who I respect, I'm learning about their their oppression. That's what I'm saying. Um, I respect by default. I'm learning about how their oppression and how I can minimize harm. If my friends who I love dearly do not respect that, they have to go. And I made that very clear. And she was like, yes, yeah, she understood. Um, so this is what it requires. This is what um, you need to do with your family members. You need to protect the most vulnerable from these individuals. You need to put a barrier around them. If these individuals are in your life and you are excusing that because of this, that, and the other, then I need to remove you from my life. All right. So those are the things I wanted to talk about before we got into the strategy. So the strategy is very simplistic in, in approach. Um, though, although it's very complex in, in, in um, operation. So there are three parts. And the first and the parts are you need to evaluate, you need to engage, and you need to evolve. So it's evaluate, engage, and evolve. So the first part is evaluate. So before you jump in, I need you to evaluate what's going on. And this is words, actions, and service of maintaining the status quo. Um, distraction, um, deflection. So this is where I want to give you examples of segregationists and, and symbolists that we see so much in tech. So a segregationist is, um, why are we having these conversations? There's absolutely nothing wrong. There is no bias. Um, it, is, it, is, it is those individuals who just refuse um, to, to acknowledge that they even have the potential to cause harm because by default, they, they, they think everything they do is fine, they're brilliant, um, there's no room for learning, 
um, very close-minded people. It's like, this is how it's always been and this is how it's always going to be. We see that a lot, a lot in individuals who've been in this space for a very long time and who you individuals, you revere because they've been here. And this makes absolutely no sense to me. Just because someone's been here forever doesn't mean they need to stay here. Um, I, I, I don't get the hero worship of individuals who you have seen um, make statements and do things that actively harm and have no intention of changing. Those are your segregationists who are in tech. They fundamentally don't believe that anything's wrong, that they need to change, and anybody who says other is the problem. That's the segregationists in tech. And the similists in tech are those individuals who talk about their feelings over impact, over harm, who talk about compassion, who talk about um, civility, who talk about assume positive intent, who, assume, who talk about giving folks the benefit of the doubt. Um, those are your assimilists. It's all about the status quo may be bad, but for us to change it, people have to engage it in very calm and nice and in ways that don't upset the status quo. These individuals like microscopic inchworm change. Um, they are looking for, um, they change one policy and they want to pat it on the back. Not waiting to see how that policy change will actually impact um, individuals. They don't, they, that's not what it is. It's, oh, I did this thing. Now can I get an ally cook? Oh yeah, they also call themselves ally a lot. Um, they, they, they talk about what they've done. Um, and I'm going to tell you, this is what I feel about Bernie Sanders. That's why he gives me the ick. Um, he's an assimilist. I don't care what you did when Martin Luther King was alive. What are you doing today? Um, and when you keep throwing that in, these individuals, the same individuals who want to throw up them, give you ML King quotes from the I Have a Dream speech and won't have not learned or read or care to read uh, letters from a Birmingham jail or the video I continuously um, post of 11 months before he was assassinated when he talked about um, white people, white liberals, white progressives being the biggest barrier to change. So this is what these individuals are. These are liberals. These are these sensitive progressives who you, you want change, and yet it has to be very easy, very you know, methodical, very, very your way. It has, that, that's it. That, that was the, the exchange of the individual who invited me to pee on his podcast. He wants me to be on his podcast to talk to a person who abused women of color in the community and trans individuals, yet he wants to facilitate a conversation that is civil with an abuser. It's that kind of, it's that thinking where you put an abuser's point of view on the same level as equal to the person who's been abused. That's what a, that's what a similist does. They like to see both sides of the story. That's where these libertarians come from. Every, every, every side of the story has an equal weight. 
They don't think about impact. It's all about intention. Um, and then we very, we very seldom see anti-racist behavior or anti-oppression behavior or minimizing harm behavior in this space because there are very few of us out here. So many people are so afraid by, this, by the retaliation of the assimilists and the segregationists that they keep their voices very quiet or not at all. So you have the individuals who have no choice but to speak out. This is why you see so many people of color, people from the LGBTQA plus community being so um, what people would call aggressive and loud about this because we have no choice. This directly affects, impacts us. Um, that's another thing about a stimulus. It doesn't normally directly impact you. Um, it, 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 um, it, it, you center yourself and not the person, the, the individuals who are most harmed, can be most harmed. So with this, I would say, this is why I created the guiding principles. The guiding principles of hashtag cause a scene <clears throat> are tech is not neutral. Lack of inclusion um, is a risk management issue. Intention without strategy is chaos. And the most important one, we must prioritize the needs of the most vulnerable. So those are the guiding principles. And what I'm going to do um, here in, in the resources is include, I'm going to create a PDF of some slides that I um, have some things um, that I've been using recently um, that have these things on. So you can use this as a, um, a strategy resource. So it's going to have the guiding principles on there so you can remember what they are. So that was evaluate. Once you've evaluated and you've recognized where this person or individual or groups of individuals lie, are they segregationist in tech or are they assimilist in tech? Then that's how you pick your strategy. Everybody, see, we have to stop treating everybody the same, okay? So now we want to engage. And how we engage, we have to decenter whiteness. Whiteness cannot be the center of this. So we have to take out comfort of whiteness and prioritize the comfort and safety of the most vulnerable. And so this is where the rules of engagement come in. So the slides that I'm going to share with you are from the talk I did at Right Speak Code this year, 2019, from a talk called Whiteness in Marginalized Spaces, When Coalition Building Harms. So these are the slides that I'm going to create into a PDF um, that has some definitions and things in it so you can have a ready um, resource. Um, and at this point, so the rules of engagement are, um, and they need to be based on whose needs and safety must be prioritized. So again, when we go back to what the guiding principles are, the guiding principles are tech is not neutral, lack of inclusion is a risk management issue, intention without strategy is chaos, and prioritizing the most vulnerable. So if you're prioritizing the most vulnerable, the rules of engagement is, the, is how you engage um, here. And um, so you have to, so there are, three levels to a rule of engagement. One is a, so we're going to use this as a, a, a traffic light. Red stop means we do not have any conversations um, where we are debating people's humanity or right to exist, period. So if someone says something like that, call that shit out. So you think it's okay. No, not even you think it's okay because that's a question. 
you call it out. What is not okay, person, is for you at this moment or any other moment to question the right and huma- the right to exist or the humanity of another person. And that is it. There is no where you put that statement there and you that's it. You do not engage further because what you said, that's a that's an automatic stop. Because what they want to do is engage you and and and, and because you've already did a given a hard line. It's just like a t- these individuals remind me of children. These segregationists remind me of children. Um, if and, and you see parents do this. If you don't stop, I'm going to do this. And they keep doing it. You never do anything. There are never consequences. This is where consequences have to come. You state what we will not have is a conversation or debate about the humanity of another person. And that's it. And that's the end of that. The yellow, tra- the yellow light is lived experience. And that's where you can, um, this is where you evaluate who is in the position of privilege, oppression, and ability to harm. You're looking at the thread, you're looking, or you're at work, you're looking at the, um, you're looking at the um, Slack um, conversation, whatever it is, you're looking at Stack Overflow, you're looking at, um, you're on Reddit, whatever it is, you're trying to evaluate who's in the position of power, privilege, who has the ability to cause harm. And then the dialogue is focused on understanding and not providing proof. So there's going to be a dialogue there because now we're in it. So the, the green light, the red light people are the segregationists. The yellow light people are the assimilists. Um, they still believe that whiteness by default is a thing. So everybody needs to, you know, you're, you're, you're flawed as a human being. But if you act white enough, you'll be good. So now we're having a dialogue to understand not their point of view um and we're not providing providing proof because this is a thing you know show me why can't you tell that and so you get people who have not come in come in and engage but have not looked at the thread and it'd be more effective if instead of you providing the same resources of you know somebody just provided um, um if you looked up somebody provided a resource of of um, white fragility or seeing whiteness on seen on radio, refer to that, grab that um, tweets um, um, link and drop it right there and, and say, this person has already told you this. So you're reinforcing that's already there. You're not coming in and talking for or talking over people who've already been there. What you're doing is coming in as a community and reinforcing what's already there. That's where our power is. Because if not, you're shooting off all these different directions. People are saying the same thing, but what you're not doing is bringing it all together and reinforcing the people that's already there. And that's where I have to, this is the place where I have to keep telling y'all, don't speak for other people. Don't speak for me. Don't put your feelings, um, don't, um, um, what's the word I'm looking, because it's not reflect. Don't project your feelings or what you think this is on me. When I'm engaging, I'm not angry. Um, nobody has goaded me into anything. Um, I can speak directly to these individuals if I chose to. I choose not to. This lesson is not for them. This lesson is for the community. So don't speak for other people. And when you come in and you have not read the thread and you start providing resources that other people have done, what you've done is negated, negated their voice. You silence them. And we need to stop doing that. And so then the final thing is the green light and this is the ideology of belief so these are the people who have the greatest potential to be anti-racist or 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 or, or are anti-racist but 
are still learning, have the beliefs of anti-racism that everybody is equal, but don't have the strategies, the skill, or the education, or the information. So this is the individual level, and this is the dialogue is focused on amplifying and understanding the, and challenging white supremacy and discrimination. So at this level, the conversations are about um, amplifying understanding. So instead of giving, um, just dropping links in from books or whatever, what you can do is have a conversation. You know what? This reminded me of this time when I had this thing, and this is how I worked through that thing. Again, you're not having a conversation with the person. You're ha- because if I've retweeted it, it's not about that person that I'm retweeting. You're having this conversation because you want to other people in the community to see that we're, that we're the same that you've had similar challenges, and this is how you overcome them. This is how we're all learning together. I may be the teacher, but my classroom is an experiment. It is an open classroom, so we're all learning from each other. So that's what I want you to, so you engage by, you have to come in, that's how you evaluate. You see, hmm, is this person... Um, a red light because they are um, uh, trying to debate somebody's humanity. At that point, I'm going to make a strong statement and I'm not going to engage anymore. They're going to be, because you don't want to give those people oxygen, let them just down out. Are they, is it about the lived experience? Are these the similists who we need to have a discussion about um, understanding what oppression is and also looking at what's already there and amplifying the voices particularly the most vulnerable and marginalized, and restating what they said. So you literally can say, as Kim has stated, and, and, and copy that tweet down, or as A has stated, or as Mary has stated, if this person already stated that, do not come in as a white person and restate that, because now you, because of whiteness, you are the default expert. And then the green light is, we're having conversations about your lived experience, what you're learning, how challenging it was for you, and you're giving those kind of examples, because again, these individuals are not the issue here. So the last part is, so you've evaluated You've engaged, and now you're gonna evolve. So you need to start asking your questions at this, after we, um, like after the thing that happened for five days, I had to take a step back, and I had to really think about how to move forward. What were the teachable moments there? So um, what did I learn? Where did I cause harm? How? What am I gonna do differently next time? how am I going to get those things? That's, and you need to write those things down. You need to put them somewhere so that next time this happens, you can just go pull up, put them in your phone. So next time they happen, you can go right to your notes or whatever you use. Okay, this is how I do this. And it, seems, it may seem to people that this is fake and phony and, and trite, but everybody has strategies. White supremacy has had a strategy for centuries, We are needing to create a strategy for ourselves to counter this because if not, we are just spinning our, we're like that dog who chases their tail. When they finally catch it, they they either bite it off or just keep spinning. We have to stop doing that. That's wasting energy. We have to be more strategic and we have to move as a group. This is why I created, um, I um, did that video of we're at a tipping point because I see it. The, for the fa- first time, so many people saw these individuals having to deal with consequences of their behavior in real time. And that will embolden other people who've been too scared to speak up to speak up because they're like, okay, if I do this, it's, so it's not us going out on our own. We get there together. We don't get there at all. And so we need to go in and, 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 and engage as a group 
so that we're protecting those who need to be protected. So I'm going to wrap this up, but I, you are obviously definitely have homework. So first homework is take some time to think about the things related to race that you make that make you uncomfortable. Write them down and begin to better understand how they create barriers for you on your anti-racist journey. Because this is all about self-reflection and self-evaluation. This is why I'm not an advocate of empathy and compassion, because those skills, those are skills that have to be developed from, from indiv- by individuals who believe in self-development and self-reflection. They do not come by default. And so I need you to start thinking and evaluating what are the things that talk about race oppression, whatever term you want to use, um, or minimizing harm that cause you the most discomfort? And how can you, um, and what barriers are you creating from that discomfort? And how can you challenge yourself to get beyond that discomfort? The next one is find someone in your community who is doing the work of anti-racism and commit to finding out what kind of support they need and then providing that support. So, it's it's it ma- amazes me how all the people who want to who so many people want to talk about how much work I'm doing and how they appreciate it this that and the other and very few of you very few of you out of the seven thousand almost eight thousand people who follow me are actively doing anything that supports this work. Period beyond Twitter, your retweets your 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 engagement does not fundamentally impact the longevity of the strategy here. Those are momentary, in the moment things. I need you to either figure out how you're gonna be an active participant and not just a voyeur and a parasite in the hashtag causes in community or someone else you admire who's doing anti-racist work. I'm specifically talking about anti-racist work because that's another thing I get. When I ask people, they say, oh, you're doing it. I say, well, so what have you done to support? And then they want to give me a list of shit they're doing for other organizations that have nothing to do with anti-racist work. That has nothing, uh, that's great, but that has nothing to do with what we're doing here as dismantling white supremacy um, policies, systems, and, and whatnot in the tech field. That has nothing to do with this. Um, so that's a thing. And also your last, I need you to sign up for the Alliance, which is, um, our tech anti-racist agenda that will be coming out in 2020 because this past week told me it is time. What happens is I'll have an idea and I just put it, I write it out and I put it on the back burner waiting for the right time. And it is time for us to have a place, a closed space where we can have these conversations without being disrupted by um, the segregationists and the assemblists out there to have real anti-racist conversations where we can develop strategies in the moment, on the fly, where, I mean, we can actually be in a room, in a space, coming up with strategies of how to engage these people in real time and how to do it on your jobs and how do you evaluate um, job descriptions and how do you um, deal with they're not microaggressions, deal with the abuses that you um, experience on your job. We need to be doing this in real time because um, it's time. It's time for us to push back. We're at the tipping point. And so you sign up at the Alliance at, um, at hashtag, I mean, so it's cause a scene, A-L-L. So that's the Twitter handle. And then you sign up with a uh, MailChimp um, um, 
get to the, it's not a newsletter. Yeah, it's just a, you know, a repository, a database collecting emails. And as I move forward in 2020 of building out this platform, you will be kept abreast of what's going on, how you support, what's, 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 how do you get engaged? Because we really need this uh, space, particularly as we're going, I want to get this up as we're moving closer to the election. Because as we see uh, with everything that's gone on, have been going on with Facebook this week, we're going to have some serious challenge, challenges as technologists um, doing our part to ensure that we are educating those people around us in real life to counter the things and the misinformation and the disinformation and the fake news that is happening on platform, on these social media platforms. So that is today's episode. Um, I feel really good about it. Um, again, I had to, like I said, I had to take my time and think about, I had to do the evolve piece and think about what I learned from this. And I also want to make sure, um, I want to reiterate um, the talking point or the point uh, from the introduction. There is no in-between safe space of not racist. The claim of not racist neutrality is a mask for racism. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this special episode of the Hashtag Call the Scene podcast. I would like once again to give thanks to the author of How to Be an Anti-Racist, Professor Ibram X. Kendi. Learn more about his work at his website at ibramxkendi.com. Please consider becoming an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call the Scene movement by visiting the website at hashtag callthescene.com. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.